This is an ABC podcast. Fierce girl power. This is the story of the girl who turns trash into treasure, Vina Sahajwala, read by the host of Behind the News, Amelia Mosley. Mumbai, India. Population 22 million. Known for bustling bazaars, magnificent museums, fascinating festivals, cracking curries and a lot of, lot of litter. That's right, Mumbai produces about 10,000 metric tonnes of rubbish every single day. That's equivalent to 95 blue whales, 900 cruise ship anchors, 1,500 T-Rex dinosaurs, 2,500 hippos, 22,000 grand pianos, or 250,000 toilets. And that's where this story begins. No, not in the toilet. Right in the middle of a massive mound of Mumbai's grossest garbage. Hooey! But wait, the hero in this story doesn't think garbage is gross. She loves litter, she relishes rubbish, she worships waste. Her name is Veena Sahajwala. Veena! Veena! Where are you? Veena was always late home from school. She was usually dilly-dallying and dawdling through slums. Those are overcrowded areas filled with the poorest people living in rundown shacks surrounded by seas of pollution. But Veena didn't look at slums that way. She saw them as homes of innovators and entrepreneurs, people trying to make something of nothing, people who found treasure in trash. She'd linger, watching families scavenge for bottles and other bibs and bobs that could be sold for pesi or rupee, Indian money. She joined them, gathering her own odds and ends from dumping grounds. Veena, people would say, why can't you collect stamps like a normal kid? Why are you hoarding these scraps? It's not junk, she replied. I can get 5p for one bottle. It might not be much, but it's something. Why would anyone throw anything away when it's worth something? But it wasn't just trading trash for cash that fascinated Veena. It was what happened next. What do you do with these bottles? She'd ask the people who bought them. Do you reuse them? Do you recycle them? Do you make something completely new? I know, I know. A glass-bottomed boat. A great glass elevator. A glass eye. An hourglass. A glass house. Sunglasses. Vina wanted to find out where rescued waste went. When she wasn't scavenging, she'd stand outside factories, peering in through the windows. She watched in awe as machines whizzed and whirred and whistled. She wondered how everything worked. She started to pull things apart. Ballpoint pens, toys, the kitchen sink. Vina found a coconut in the fruit bowl. She knocked its shell with her knuckles. 
Knock, knock. Knock, knock, knock. How do people get into these things, she said. She raised it up above her head, then dropped it onto the floor. Nope, still whole. She stomped on it with her foot. Nope, still whole. She hit it with a mallet from the cutlery drawer. Nope, still whole. She threw it against the wall. Nope, still whole. Her eyes darted around the kitchen looking for something solid she could smash against the furry hard sphere. The sink, she thought. It looks tough. Vina slammed the coconut against the sink's ceramic edge. Its shell shattered, but so did the sink. Vina, Sorry, Mum, she said. It's just I wanted to know what made the coconut so strong. I want to know how everything fits together. I think I want to be a scientist. Vina's mum was a doctor, so she thought science was a splendid idea. Even her little brother got on board, bringing home a bag of frogs. Here you go, Vina, he said. Froggies. Oh, cute, she said. Look at their little webbed feet. Her brother poked one of them. Yep, they'll be good for you to dissect. Vina gasped. Oh, yuck, she said. No way. If Vina couldn't handle frog's blood, she wouldn't be able to handle human blood. Sorry, Mum, she said. I'm not cut out to be a doctor. Instead, she decided to follow in her dad's footsteps. He was an engineer. Vina qualified for a super prestigious college in India. But the setup bothered her. There weren't many girls studying engineering and they had to be segregated from the boys. The boys' part of the college had a 24-7 canteen, whereas the girls' canteen was only open for a few hours and they had a curfew. That's not fair, Vina said. She liked midnight feasts while she was studying, so she snuck out and tiptoed to the boys' canteen for snacks. Vina, what are you doing here? They whispered. Girls aren't allowed. She stuffed her bag with packets of chips and lollies. Too bad, she said. A girl's got to eat. And there was another thing that made her twitchy. When people pictured scientists, they always thought of a man in a white lab coat. I'm going to change that one day, Vina thought. Women are scientists too. Vina travelled the globe, studying and growing more and more interested in the world of waste. There was a common phrase she'd hear as she hopped from country to country. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Reduce, reuse, recycle. She felt like there needed to be another R word added to the list. Revive. Recycling was too simple. It wasn't good enough to turn plastic into more plastic glass back into glass, paper into paper. What about things that are made from a mixture of different materials, she wondered. What can we do with those? Vina was especially concerned about items known as end-of-life products, things that were considered too difficult to recycle, things that were left in landfill or burnt, damaging the air and the soil. 
she wanted to investigate new ways of dealing with tricky waste. But she needed to do it in a place that supported her big ideas. We want you, Vina, an Australian university said. So she packed her goggles, microscope and white coat and made a home in the land down under. Vina experimented in her new lab, breaking down objects into elements. They're tiny building blocks made from solids, liquids or gas. Things like aluminium, chlorine and hydrogen. All the while, she had Mumbai in the back of her mind. The hustle and bustle, the factories, the constant construction and all of the materials involved. I have a new hypothesis, she declared. If we heat old plastic or rubber at extremely high temperatures, it will change into a carbon material that joins with molten iron to make steel. With clean gases like hydrogen and carbon monoxide, of course. Her words sounded like gobbledygook to non-sciencey types, and even some of her team, as well as bigwigs in the steel industry, thought Vina's theory was loopy. But basically, Vina wanted to make steel using old plastic and rubber. And she knew everything was worth a try. That was how all scientists succeeded eventually. So she gave it a shot. She injected rubber into a tiny sizzling furnace. The rubber replaced Coke, not the soft drink, but the fuel made from coal. It's happening, she said. I'm making steel. Vina high-fived her research team. Then they experimented on a bigger and bolder scale, using industrial-sized furnaces and old car tyres. Vina had seen millions and millions of tyres throughout her travels, sometimes piled as high as mountains. They were one of those troublesome end-of-life products no one had been able to put to use. The tyres are working, Vina said. They're turning to steel. We did it. This could change the world. Today, more than two million tyres in Australia have been revived, saved from landfill and turned into what's known as green steel. Vina could have stopped there. She won loads of awards for inventing green steel and she proved you don't need to be a man in a white lab coat to be a serious scientist. But with so much more waste in the world, Vina couldn't stop. She could work for a billion years and not be done. She's still thinking about India, which is one of the world's biggest producers of electronic waste. Things like computers, phones and televisions. In fact, countries across the globe are together close to producing 50 million metric tonnes of e-waste every single year. That's equivalent to one trillion golf balls, 20 billion chihuahuas, eight Egyptian pyramids, 5,000 Eiffel Towers, 20 million giraffes, or 300,000 small factories. And that's where this story ends for now. Small factories. Very small factories. Vina has built a micro factory at her university. It's about 50 square metres. That's equivalent to four car parking spaces, 12 king-size beds or 45 bath towels. In that space, Vina revives electronic waste like mobile phones. She once took the plastic from a smartphone and turned it into a pair of eyeglasses. 
Veena's vision now is for every community across Australia and the globe to have its own microfactory where nothing goes to waste. Because in Veena's eyes, there's no such thing as waste. Everything is a resource just waiting to be revived. How cool is it to think about all of the valuable stuff we can find in rubbish? Veena really is a waste warrior. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fierce Girls. I'm Amelia Mosley, host of Behind the News on ABC Me. You can hear more stories of Fierce Girls on the podcast, like this one about singer Helen Reddy. Helen Reddy was sick of sappy love songs that made women sound weak. So she wrote and recorded something fierce. I am woman, hear me roar, she sang. I am strong, I am invincible, I can do anything. But radio stations wouldn't play it. They didn't seem to like strong women. We'll show you, Helen said. She booked appearances on 19 different TV shows, and she sang I Am Woman on every single one. Radio station phones rang off the hook. I'd like to request I Am Woman by Helen Reddy. Can you play Helen Reddy's I Am Woman, please? They couldn't ignore the demands. I Am Woman was added to their playlists, and women across the world roared along. They roared in their cars. They roared in the supermarket. They roared at home. They roared at work. I Am Woman made it all the way to number one, making Helen Reddy Australia's first US chart topper. She also won music's most prestigious award, a Grammy. And as she clutched her gold trophy in her hands, Helen decided to finish her speech with a last minute thank you. I want to thank God because she makes everything possible. To hear more awesome episodes of the Fierce Girls podcast, go to the ABC Listen app or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And keep being fierce. Roll the credits. Fierce Girls is produced by a bunch of super fierce women. The executive producer is Justine Kelly. It's produced by Rebecca Armstrong. The stories are written by the uber-talented Samantha Turnbull. Judy Rapley is the amazing audio engineer who puts in the cool sound effects like this one. Kelly Reardon is the boss who lets us make fierce podcasts like this one. Fierce Girls is a production of the ABC Audio Studios 